Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are talking friendship. You know, friends are the family we choose, right? So no matter what kind of upbringing you had, no matter what kind of relationship you have with your family, you can create a family in your adult life. That's the best thing about friends. Now, I mentioned places to make friends include, uh, you know, having some kind of common interest club. Join a gym and take the classes. Don't just keep a headset on and lift weights. Take the classes because you'll get eye contact with people. You'll talk to them on the way in and the way out. That's a great way to meet people. Um, Also, speaking of classes, take a class in something that really interests you. A cooking class, an art class, a photography class, a woodworking class, a computer, graphic design class. Get out there and better yourself and you will meet people like you. Now, you may be recovering from something. It may be the loss of a loved one. It may be that you're recovering from cancer, that you're overcoming addiction, that you need mental health support. There are lots of groups for that because when you share and provide emotional support to someone, that's how you foster trust and closeness. And friendships can develop really fast in those kinds of groups. Also, get involved in your local community. Coach soccer or softball. Be a school volunteer. Help support a local political candidate. Join a neighborhood council. There is so much need for your help, and that's how you meet people. And now that we're heading into the holiday season, if you haven't thought about it already, it's time to volunteer, right? The time of giving, time to volunteer. My favorite charity, of course, is the St. Joseph Center in Venice, the one of the largest providers of homeless services in Los Angeles. You can serve meals at their Bread and Roses Cafe. You can be a part of their outreach teams that goes and meets with homeless people. You can just work on fancy fundraisers with them, too, if you want. Uh, But there are lots of other great organizations you can volunteer for. All right. So when we had Dr. Holly on earlier, we talked about how you've got to invest time in making a friend. There's research that says that it takes about 200 hours of time spent with somebody face-to-face before you or the average human will feel like calling them a close friend. 200 hours. Takes a long time. You know, we also hang on to friends, our historic friends. Like I, I have a couple friends <clears throat> I've had for 30 or 40 years. Uh, we know each other through good times and bads and ups and downs. And one of the things we do is we always stay in touch, even if it's um, a little just checking in text. My best friend Maria and I, tend to call because we always are in freeway traffic, always way earlier than everybody. So it's like 7 a.m. It starts with a text that says, you up yet? Or you awake? And then what, the other one who was in the car calls and said, yep, what are you doing? And then we just talk about nothing and everything on our drive to work because we're on the freeway for an hour. We might as well be chatting. And we do that at least three mornings a week. We're just catching up. And that's what you have to do. It's, you don't have to have a purpose to call a friend. You can literally use the words just checking in. Super important. But the other thing is that you need to be emotionally available. You have to validate a friend's feelings. No matter what they're feeling, even if you wouldn't feel the same way, 
about that situation they're in, you can say, wow, that must be awful. Or I can see how that would really bother you that they said that. That's empathy, right? Instead of, oh, you'll be fine. It's You're going to be fine. I wouldn't even uh, shake that off. Who cares, right? No, no, no. Becoming a friend means supporting somebody with their feelings, but also sometimes getting them to laugh. Now, I'm not talking about toxic positivity. You heard Dr. Holly reference it earlier, and I've talked about it on this show before. You know those people where everything is sunshine and roses to a fault, and there's no authenticity, no vulnerability? It's like a defense. Like they're so afraid to have a negative feeling that they feel they have to project like happy all the time. And it's a little invalidating. Right. And you also can't get close to them, right? No. Because they're not real. It doesn't feel real. Definitely playing a character because nobody's happy all the time. No. We have a rainbow of feelings. And so get ready. When that new friend expresses them, get ready to show some empathy. The other thing that keeps friendships alive and your love relationships too is gratitude. You've got to be grateful. You know, I was thinking about Julio and I've been together almost two and a half years now. And the one constant in our relationships every day is that we tend to show appreciation to each other. If he just brings me a cup of coffee, I say, oh, thank you so much. I love you. I really appreciate that you do things for me, right? He just bought you like a kombucha or something and right. some food and you and got, you were so grateful. You're like, give me kisses. Thank you so much. And he <laughs> gave you deal kisses. About it. And I'm like, I wish I was recording. <laughs> no, the sweetest thing he did, I told Kayla this, it was so funny. I pulled up to work and he was helping me carry because, you know, we do a, we're going to do an Instagram live in a minute and TikTok live. So there's a light kit. It's got to be brought up and he's carrying it. And he goes back to my car and he takes my what do you call those insulated traveler cups, right? Like as if it's got juice in it or something. I said, no, no, that was my smoothie. It's empty. It's done. He goes, I know. I need to wash it out. It'll stink up your car. I'm like, oh my God. He's so sweet. (laughs) Scaring my dirty one. Um, Also in keeping friends, the hardest thing to be is 100% honest and at the same time, 100% kind, right? You can say things like, I know this might be hard for you to hear, but I feel I need to say it because I love you. And then you say it, right? That's called being a good friend. And also, don't be afraid of conflict. And also, it goes on. I keep thinking of things. Embrace differences. So here's the thing. Your friend is not supposed to be a clone of you. They're not supposed to agree with you 100% of the time. You're not supposed to agree with them 100% of the time. But you do need to accept that they're going to be different and they're going to disagree. And it's absolutely okay to say, I love you, so I'm going to agree, agree to dis- let's agree to disagree on this. And what you need to do with your brain at that time, there's a thing called cognitive dissonance. Do you know what that is, Kayla? When you kind of disassociate yourself? No, cognitive dissonance is, the cognitive is thinking, dissonance is, it doesn't oh, is it match you, up. Oh, okay. So... When you have like two opposing feelings at the same time. So let's say you have a friend who you really, really like and you have great time. And then they do something completely immoral. I don't mean murder, right? But something that makes you go, wait a minute, right? I don't agree with this. I would never do this in my life. But then you think about all the other things they do that are so wonderful. And during those times, you have to say to yourself, you know what? I'm still going to keep them because of this the, the the things that are valuable to me. Now, you might, might come to a point where you're like, mm, I can't get past this. As I did with my anti-vaxxer friends. Sorry, I will say it out loud. And this may come from the fact that 
I grew up in Canada. Canada is a little more of a collectivist culture. They had no problem keeping the population in their houses for as long as it took. And they got the vaccinations way later than we did. They thought it was crazy that some Americans were turning them down while people were desperately trying to get them up there. And my feeling is when you come from a collectivist culture, you ha- that if something's going to affect the group, you have to do what you can to keep the c- tribe alive, right? And as long as there are unvaccinated hosts running around, COVID's going to be running around. Now, this is different because people will say, well, don't you respect my freedom of choice? And I'm like, okay, I don't believe the government deserves to be in your body. But you and your choice whether to terminate a pregnancy doesn't affect me. But your choice not to get vaccinated affects me and part of the tribe. So anyway, those were where I had to like evaluate. I had the cognitive dissonance. And then I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't be a friend. You're going to be like that. That's so funny that you bring this up because I was actually talking about it on Pettyish. You were. But yeah, the, I had a friend who who was uh, super just nasty to me. She made comments like, you know, oh, you're a communications major. We laugh at that at my school. And, uh, you know, just saying nasty things to me. And it was one day I was like, you know, why, why do you talk to me like that? I, I wouldn't expect, you know, my friends to talk to me that way. And if I talk to you that way, you have every right to get rid of me. And we had a deep conversation. She learned and she stopped talking to me that way. But if she hadn't, I would have gotten rid of her. So it's yeah. like teaching people how to treat you type yeah, of thing. Yeah, and there are ways to say it in a diplomatic way. Like, hey, that that really hurt my feelings, your tone. I'm wondering if you're aware that the tone you use exactly. with me. Exactly. Right? Make them aware. Make them aware. And if they don't change, they got to go. Little teaching moment or they got to go. Oh, Dr. Wendy, you're uh, amazing. All right. I want to talk about love because I've wasted a whole, not wasted. Our friendships are very important to us. But I've used an hour talking about social support, and I want to talk about our love relationships. One of the biggest misunderstandings that I see coming in off my social media all the time is people say, I don't know what happened. I just fell in love. You can't argue with love. Love just shows up, right? And it just happened. No, love doesn't happen. Love is a choice. I'm going to explain how you can make a choice to fall in love with the right kind of person when we come back. You are listening to the Dr. Wendy Walsh Show on KFI AM640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I would like to welcome my Instagram followers. We are on Instagram Live as well as here in the iHeartRadio studios. Uh, Anybody watching on Instagram, if you'd like to listen to the entire radio show, you simply download the iHeartRadio app and you can listen live after this segment. Also, I'm going to be taking calls after the segment. So if you want to call in with your relationship questions, the number is 1-800-520-1534. I'll give it out again at the end. But first, I need to talk about something. You know, I will hear people say, especially when it comes to having had an affair, they'll say, you know, Dr. Wendy, it just happened. Like, I didn't plan on it. I just fell in love. And you can't fight feelings of love, can you? And you can't choose who you fall in love with. Love is what? Love is some kind of magic spell? That happens? Did Cupid just shoot an arrow? Did the cosmos come together? Did your soulmate land in front of you? All of these things are myths about love. The science of love maybe not won't sound so romantic to you, but it feels just as good, if not better, than accidental love. So let me explain to you. Is love, love a choice? Love is, at the most basic level, a bunch of neuropeptides and neurotransmitters in your brain. I know, I said it would sound very unromantic. You know, we are social creatures. In our anthropological past, 
we developed a desire to bond with others and have these neurohormones explode in our heads because this was necessary and is necessary for our survival. When you have close bonds with another, you then have mutual support. I'll take care of you if you take care of me. You then have potential for reproduction. Let's take care of the species and have it reproduce. You also have cooperation. Let's not have problems together. Let's help each other out, right? So when you bond with somebody, it's actually good for your mental health and your physical health. Uh, There's research to show one 2019 study found that falling in love resulted in immune system changes similar to protective viral infection responses. Can you believe it? Your healthy white blood cells, your immune system actually gets beefed up when you're falling in love. There's another study that came out in 2021 that found that this was done in mice, that it can help safeguard you from cancer. In this study, they found tissue from pair bonded, that means in love, mice, were less likely to grow tumors than tissue from mice with disruptions in their pair bonds. Look, there's a ton of research. I can quote it all day long. People in love have better mental health. They have better physical health. They live longer and they accumulate more wealth simply because it's more expensive to maintain two households than one. But for some people, love is associated with pain. And these are the people I want to talk to because these are the people who shouldn't allow accidental love to happen to them. You see, our attachment system is partly genetic and partly what happens to us early in life. So we all have a kind of attachment style. And if you have a secure attachment style, it means that your parents were there and loving and giving. And I'm talking about early pre, because you're like, well, I had really good parents. Why do I always pick bad boys? Because you don't know what happened from age zero to 12 months. And that's where the stuff happens, right? So if your parents were responsive, if they took care of your needs, then you grow up to have this model of love in your head that love will feel like that, right? And if you accidentally fall in love, it will have a secure attachment. For the rest of us, like 60% of the population, our early life relationships might have been filled with uh, criticism, longing, pain, trauma. And as a result, we have to override our natural instinct to accidentally fall in love, and we have to make clear choices. This is called emotional regulation. I often say that healthy relationships are far more about skill than they are about luck. They're not about meeting the right person. They're about choosing the right person who loves you. Now, you have to choose your situations. You know there are times and places where you will be triggered. If you're a bad boy chaser, do not hang outside of athletic locker rooms. Okay, <laughs> Just saying. That's one place where a lot of bad boys happen. Um, don't throw yourself out at somebody who's not loving you. See, the thing is, if you, when you finally work on your self-esteem, and I do suggest you do it with a licensed clinical therapist, you will fall so deeply in love with yourself that when you're on those dating apps, even by a few texts, if somebody is not sort of agreeing with your belief in yourself, you'll just swipe them away. You're not going to get obsessed with them. Oh, I'll make them like me. I'll make them think I'm a nice person. I'll get them to fall in love with me. No, you'll just be like, eh, not for me. And they just move along, right? So I want you to know love is not an accident. Love is a choice. And there are some things that you could do to make the right choices so that you get the love you deserve. Okay. 
This is the time of my show where I begin to take your calls. If you would like to call in, uh, the number is 1-800-520-1KFI. That's 1-800-520-1534. Change your name if you're shy. It's okay. I know you're talking about intimate things. Um, But if you have a relationship question, I would be happy to weigh in on it. You're listening to The Dr. Wendy Walsh Show on KFI AM640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I want to welcome my TikTok followers, who we have more than a million followers on my TikTok account. You are now inside the iHeartRadio studios in Burbank, California. Well, thanks for being with me. If you'd like to listen to the whole show, download the iHeartRadio app. One of my TikTok listeners just asked me a question. He said, what would you say to somebody who's never been in love before? And I would say... That love isn't something that you have to fall into, like some kind of chemical event that makes you just get high. Love is also a verb. It's an action verb. word. It is the verb to do, right? And so if you are doing acts of kindness for others and caring for others, that is love. All right, we are going to go to the phone lines, but... Uh, First, I want to remind everybody, I have a PhD in clinical psychology. I'm a psychology professor. I wrote my dissertation on attachment theory, and I've written three books on relationships. However, I'm not a therapist, and I don't have a license, so this should never be considered therapy. This is just advice from a pretty darn educated friend. Okay, Producer Kayla, who do we have first on the line? We have Diane with a question. Diane. Hello, Diane. It's Dr. Wendy. Hello, Dr. Wendy. I just fell upon your show about, oh, oh gosh, I'm going to guess a year or so ago, and I adore you. Every Sunday, I make sure I'm in my car alone and listen to you, and I just, like, so sweet. Everything you're saying is just perfect, but I just never reached out. I didn't know about other, the, everything that you're telling me. I'm in shock. I think the exact opposite, which is exactly incorrect. Oh, Well, not always. I'm sure we agree on some things, Diane. What's your question today, love? (laughs) Okay. My question is, I'm 64 on December 23rd. Happy early birthday. Thank you, my mommy that I love and my best friend since birth. Thank you, God, for having me. I tell her every day. I'm the third child, and she's just turned 94. Wow. And she's, I had the best parents on the planet Earth from God. They took us to church every Sunday, Catholic, Holy Communion, everything. We had a beautiful home. So what's your question, though? Are you worried about losing mom? Yes. Yes. Okay. Going quickly. I'm going to share something with you. I have a friend who was as close to his mom as you describe how close you are to your mom. And just this week, she passed away. And I'm crying crying for him. I know. But I told him... That she lives on inside him and that she would want him to have a healthy love relationship that would provide all Uh the kinds of support um, that they Uh would. And here's the thing about loss. When we lose someone, whether it's through death or whether it's through divorce, it's not just that, you know, we don't have that person around. It's that we lose a piece of ourselves because human beings Uh function as many one brain. And as a result, um, you know, it's like, you know, we're, we're co-brains, co-thinkers. So some of the things she did or thought or felt for you will be gone. And this is an opportunity for you to grow those parts of yourself. And that's actually what happens in the grieving process. And I suggest 
that at this stage especially, you make sure you establish lots of social support so that you have those friends around you when you need them, when this inevitable thing is coming. And like you said, you're so grateful that you've had such amazing parents in your life. And I'm... Oh, that's but, awesome. That's amazing advice. And I've been keeping it inside and they call me and I, oh, everything's fine. She's great. She's great. And I'm just, yeah. as we're speaking, yeah. I'm sending her photograph to all my friends and they go, who is that? I go, my mom. They said, what? So she's, no, everyone can tell she's done. She's in decline. I'm alone. So I think you need to find a licensed clinical therapist to literally metaphorically hold your hand through this because you know it's coming. You're experiencing it. You're not being truly authentic with your friends. You've got to deal with it now. And it, you are going to grow through this, Diane. You really are. Thank you so much for calling. I really appreciate it. Okay, Producer Kayla, who do we have next? This person is anonymous with a question. Okay, anonymous is welcome. Hello, anonymous. <clears throat> is Dr. Wendy. Oh, this is anonymous. Okay, hi, Dr. Wendy. <laughs> hi. Anyway, What's your hi, question, y'all. love? My question is, I have the, I was married once, I'm about your age, uh-huh. married once, divorced, and I've dated, I've worked for the airlines, I travel all around the world, I've dated many, many, many men, nice. and I've been, I've been in love one time, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I, when I vowed, I got my divorce, I vowed I would never marry again, <clears throat> or live with anyone, and I've had five marriage proposals, mm-hmm. and I will never do get married again. Why? And all the men have cheated on me. Everything. And I'm just wondering what I do. If there's anything that I'm doing, I'm, I think I'm a good looking woman (laughs) and you know, I'm cultured, whatever, good upbringing, all that. I'm just wondering what it is I'm doing that or is, I can't trust well, any man. I don't. Okay, so I, don't I, I know exactly what you're saying, and I want to help you out here. So listen, you know what? On some, uh, not every man cheats. A lot of them do. Okay, and it seems like for whatever reason, this is your conflict. Like this is the thing you need to learn. You need to learn to trust someone, but the trust won't come until you learn to choose someone. Like I really believe that the unconscious knows all and that when two people meet, they go on a date and the unconscious says, cool, you're going to treat me like my bad dad. Great. You're going to treat me like my bad mom. Uh, Let's, let's go to it. Right. And so I would, if I were you get into therapy, talk to a therapist about what are the early, early signs that you're hooking up with a cheater so that you can start to have that radar up from the very beginning And learn to say no, because I don't want you vowing to never be married again, vowing never to fall in love again, because that's basically saying, I can't give myself the care that I deserve. I can't give myself the care of another person because I can't trust that care. Right. Thank you so much for calling. And I do hope that you um, you do get into therapy and solve this because I want you to find somebody who's not a cheater because most men are good. Uh, if you want to follow me on my social media, it is at Dr. Wendy Walsh. That's at Dr. Wendy Walsh. And that's Instagram. That's TikTok. That's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, everywhere. Uh, and you're welcome to post questions there as well. All right. Do we have time for another? Or should I go to social media? Social media. Okay. We got some very interesting ones that have just come in on social media. Um, Dear Dr. Wendy, how do I get over my fear of a partner stealing my money? Ooh, 
I'm very private when it comes to finances because my parents helped me a lot. Well, there's a lot to unpack in those very short sentences. So we have to talk about what money means to you, what it is a metaphor for. What do you really think that they're trying to steal from you or how they're trying to hurt you? And what did your parents teach you about sharing your money? You know, there's a big difference between someone stealing your money and you choosing to share your money because you love someone very much. You know, relationships are an exchange of care. That care can take many forms. It can be, uh, you know, instrumental care when somebody's sick. It can be financial care. It can be sexual care. It can be domestic care, taking care of a home. It can be uh, child care, taking care of children. It can be intellectual stimulation, right? But for some reason, there was some message in your early upbringing. And I'm saying it when you say your par- you're private with your finances because your, her- your parents helped you a lot. I'm hearing that maybe your parents were wealthy and actually gave you money. And as a result, they somehow had a message in there that you must not share it with others, that others cannot be trusted. And, you know, then money becomes just a big old metaphor for love, right? And so I would say, try to figure out what amount of money you're comfortable just keeping in a little bank account for you as your mad money, your survival money, whatever you need, and what amount you would feel comfortable sharing with somebody who would share back, right? And then also ask yourself, what are the other non-monetary things that somebody could bring into a relationship? What are the things that they could give that feel very valuable to you? I want you to get your head out of this idea of stealing instead of you hold the power to share or not. If you'd like to call into the Dr. Wendy Walsh Show, the number is 1-800-520-1KFI. That's 1-800-520-1534. Or you can send me a DM on social media. We're checking Instagram right now, and it is at Dr. Wendy Walsh. You're listening to the Dr. Wendy Walsh Show on KFI AM640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. This is the Dr. Wendy Walsh Show. If you'd like to call in, I am taking your calls. The number is 1-800-520-1KFI. That's 520-1534. Producer Kayla, who do we have on the line? We have Danielle with a question. Danielle. Hi, Danielle. It's Dr. Wendy. Hi, Dr. Wendy. What's your question? Um, Well, um, my question, you talk, I've heard you talking a lot about love. And, um, you know, my question will be about biological love. Because you hear it all the time, parents, you know, they have the ability to recognize their kids. They feel a strong connection to their children and their grandchildren. Mm -hmm. Um. But I guess my question will be, what would make that opposite? Because I live in a house with my grandparents, mm-hmm. and um, my mom was lucky enough to move out. Um, but they hate my guts, oh. and I can't really figure out why. But um, my grandpa has literally told me on multiple occasions to my face that I'm trash. Well, um, Danielle, let me say this from the beginning. I hope you can get out of there soon. So let me just say that. But I want to say this. It just, I want to answer your question for other people. It's not about you, okay? Love is partly biological, partly psychological, and partly social. Unfortunately, traumatized people traumatize people, right? And so it's not about you. It's about the critical voices of their parents 
who spoke to them the way that they feel that it's okay to speak to you. And I want you to separate yourself from the idea that it's about you. I also highly suggest that you reach out and find a licensed therapist who can help you through this kind of terrible situation. But sadly, just because one is biologically related to each other doesn't mean that their mental health is good enough that they'll be able to just give this undying, unconditional love. So I'm sorry you're going through it, Danielle, but I really, really hope you get a therapist. Daniela, um, poor thing, breaks my heart. Okay, producer Kayla, who do we have next? We have Tony with the question. Okay. Hi, Tony. It's Dr. Wendy. How are you doing? You know, um, I'm a person that believes in love and right from the get-go, you know, uh-huh. uh, learn your feelings. Well, Wait, when you a- say from the get-go, do you mean you believe in love at first sight? No, love at, at first relation, getting to know the person. The yeah. first week, you should know how you go. Well, I'm a 56-year-old male, uh-huh. and I've only been with two women my entire adult life. Uh-huh. So you're a monogamous man. I like that. So what's your question? Yeah. Well, now I'm going to go back out and start dating. I've been celibate for four years now. It's time, Tony. Gonna... Huh? It's time. If it's been but four years, I'm it's worried. time. Yeah, but I'm worried because I'm like this. The last girl I was with, she would come home from work. I would have dinner made, candles with flowers. And I would give her a glass of wine, and I would unclothe her, give her a shower, shampoo her, put her robe on, and give her dinner, and let her do whatever she wanted. Or Easter came up, bought her some heels, a dress, and some other little knickknacks, and put it in a basket. What's your question? I don't understand your question. Give me a quick question in one sentence. I'm worried about not being able to find a person that I could do that again. I mean, Ah, so, okay. So you're saying you want to really spoil someone that your love language is really to be a giver and to take care of somebody. And you're worried you won't find somebody. Trust me, there are a lot of women out there who would really enjoy that. So I, I would get on those apps, Tony, and you're going to find somebody. Uh, okay, do we have time for one more? Or should I go to social? We have time Other for Tony? one more. <laughs> right. We have Billy with a question. Okay. Hi, Billy. It's Dr. Wendy. Hello, Dr. Wendy. What's your question? Uh, I had a question. Uh, sure. I'm, I've been in like a long relationship with uh, my ex-girlfriend, mm-hmm. and uh, she's considered, right? well, I guess she's loose. You know, what's the other word for loose? Stand loose. On the so she likes to have multiple sexual partners? Right, right. Okay. <laughs> and the thing is, she tries to hide it, you know, and now, you know, a couple of videos came out of her with, like, other guys. Okay, so let me define this. First of all, you introduced her to me as your ex-girlfriend. So she's not your current girlfriend? No, we was going back and forth. Uh, Yeah. What do do you want from her? Uh, Just the truth. Ah, the truth. Yeah. That's it. I think that this is really a question about trust more than anything else and having an authentic relationship. I would love to have the truth. That's all I want. Yeah. I think I think she think I can't handle the truth, you know. With some already meeting guys and saying that you know they already been with her, and they got videos of her. Have you brought it up to her? Yeah. yeah and what does she say? Oh, uh, that's not her. Oh. <laughs> well, you have your answer. If what you, know, you like want, me. Billy, if you want the truth from her, you're not going to get it. I think the bigger question is why uh, this feeling, this pursuit of honesty 
of the truth, somebody you can trust, why you would put this question to somebody who clearly is not trustable, right? You're not trustworthy. Somebody you can't trust. So why over and over would you hope? Don't be in love with hope. Billy, my suggestion would be move along. Find somebody else who's not going to lie to you, who's not going to cheat, who can be monogamous so that you can have the truth that you deserve. Thank you for calling. All right. Should I go to social? Do we have somebody else? Where are we now? I'm still screening. Let's do social. Okay. See, it's hard because Kayla's over on the phone and she's talking to people. and She's trying to talk to me. Okay. Uh, so, dear Dr. Wendy, uh, this guy I'm dating is only texting me once a day. Obviously not into me, even though it is long, sweet texts. Should I just call him or should I stop replying? Well, it's not, I mean, what is the outcome that you want? That's what I always say. What is the outcome that you want? Do you want him to suddenly turn around and go, you know what? I want to see you more often. I want to have long telephone conversations with you. If that's what you want, then you tell him one time. And then if he doesn't do it, you leave, right? You can't expect him to be a mind reader. First of all, do not expect him to be a mind reader. But secondly, if he doesn't do it, you can't do a whole bunch of tricks and try to like reel him in in some way. So there's, I, I love it how people get attracted to people who don't give meet their needs and, and then they try to like work the person to get them to conform to what they need. Why don't you just find somebody who loves you for you, who's easy to love? I think that's the best way to do it. Uh, call or text, I don't know. I just call him, see if he picks up the phone say, hey, I want to talk to you on the phone more and I'd like to see you more. If that's not, if that's not, doesn't work for you, then uh, maybe we're not a good match. That's it. No good, no bad, no judgment here. All right. Uh, we'll do, we have one more segment of calls, right? I can't even pay attention to the time. Yep, we do. Yeah, we do. Okay. So I'll take your calls one more time. The phone number is 1-800-520-1KFI. That's 1-800-520-1534. I'll also be checking the DMs on Instagram at Dr. Wendy Walsh. You are listening to the Dr. Wendy Walsh Show on KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Right now, let's go to the 24-hour KFI newsroom and Mark Ronner. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.